Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mr. Classic Wrestling Podcast. And today I have another episode of Monday Night Madness where I'm going to get my review on WCW's Road Wild 1997. Uh, starting off the evening, we're going to our first match on the card. It is Harlem Heat versus Scott Norton and Buff Bagwell. Uh, starting off the match, Bag- Bagwell hits a head toss on Booker T. Norton then hits sidewalk slam on Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray then gets up, hits a big boot on Norton. Booker then hits a suplex on Norton in the middle of the ring. Booker then hits a signature scissor kick on Bagwell. Bagwell then hits a crossbody on Booker. Jacqueline is here. Bagwell hits a powerbomb on Booker that was absolutely devastating. Norton then hits a shoulder break on Booker as well. Booker then gets up, hits a side kick on Norton, pins him for the three. And your winners of the match are Harlem Heat in a 10-minute match. Again, wasn't a bad opening match. You're not really going to get a whole lot of a good match out of Buff Bagwell. If you're a Bagwell fan... No offense, but just the guy was just a horrible wrestler. Um, Scott Norton, powerhouse wrestler, very strong. And again, what can I say about Harlem Heat, man? If you guys don't know who Harlem Heat is, they were a phenomenal tag team for WCW back in the day. Booker T, Stevie Ray. You know, back in the day, they had, you know, Sensational Sherry being their manager, which I thought was absolutely great. Um, phenomenal manager. And then I guess it seemed like Jacqueline came down to be the new manager of Harlem Heat. I don't know what happened to Sherry at this time. Um, but Harlem, he's just one hell of a tag team, man. So hats off to Stevie Ray and Booker T for getting the win in this match. Um, after that match, we can go to our next match on the card. It is Conan versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Uh, starting off the match, Mysterio is on the attack on Conan. Mysterio hits a springboard dropkick on Conan in the middle of the ring. Conan then hits a rolling Larry on Mysterio. It looked absolutely brutal. Conan's working on the injured leg of Mysterio. Conan is trying to unmask Mysterio in the middle of the ring. Conan then hits a powerbomb on Mysterio. Mysterio then gets up, hits a leg drop on Conan. Conan then hits a drop kick on the injured leg of Mysterio. Conan then hits an overhead belly-to-belly Mysterio, pretty much throwing Mysterio across the ring. Conan then hits a devastating DDT on Mysterio. Conan then applies a submission on Mysterio. Mysterio taps out, and your winner of the match is Conan in a 10-minute match. Again, not a bad match. Obviously, kind of more or less a mid-card match. Um... Back in the day, they were really pushing Rey Mysterio, man, and rightfully so. Mysterio was absolutely a phenomenal competitor, man, phenomenal wrestler. And even when he was in WCW, he was very young. He was like 22, maybe 23 years old, and just outshining these guys that have been in the game for many, many years. And it wasn't like Mysterio was a big guy, but he handled himself very well in the ring. Just a phenomenal athlete, man. And again, Conan, another good wrestler. Um, obviously made a big name for himself over in Mexico. Um, and again, so did Rey Mysterio, just, you know, an action packed match, but hats off to, uh, Conan for getting the win in this match. Um, after that match, we go into our next match on the card. It is a tag team elimination match. It is Steve McMichael and Chris Benoit versus Dean Malenko and Jeff Jarrett. Uh, starting off the match, Jarrett hits an arm drag on Benoit. Great exchange between Malenko and Benoit in this match. McMichaels hits a sidewalk slam on Malenko. McMichaels then hits a power slam on Malenko as well. Jarrett then gets uh, holds down McMichaels for the pin. Uh, Jarrett pretty much eliminated himself out of this match. Looked like he wanted no part of McMichael. Benoit then hits a tombstone pile driver on Malenko. Benoit then hits a diving headbutt off the top rope on Malenko as well. McMichael then hits a tombstone pile driver of his own on Malenko. Pins Malenko for the three. And your winners of the match are Steve McMichael and Chris Benoit in almost a 10-minute match. Um, again, not a bad match. Big fan of Chris Benoit back in the day growing up, you know, as a wrestling fan. I always thought he gave you 110% in every single one of his matches. Dean Malenko, again, no glitz. You know, no, like, there was no glimpse or glamour with that guy. He always came in, and he was in there to kick your ass. That's just the way Malenko was. 
It wasn't about trying to be flashy like Jeff Jarrett and do like the whole Ric Flair strut, like, you know, how he was strutting in the ring. Malenko was just in there to wrestle, you know, second generation uh, wrestler. I think his dad was Boris Malenko, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Jarrett, again, second generation wrestler, uh, his dad being Jerry Jarrett. Um, Jared, this, he, to me in this match, that really kind of just ticked me off and maybe it's just me being, I guess, a little biased towards Jeff Jarrett. Um, and again, if you are a Jeff Jarrett fan, I do apologize, but him just kind of like being a coward about this match and having McMichael just pin him and hold him down to get the three, just like, it just made it, it made my whole belief on Jarrett, how I feel about him as a pro wrestler, just solidify that, man. I just feel like Jarrett wasn't that good of a wrestler. And I know some people will say, oh, well, he was heavyweight champion and all that. Yeah, but you're looking at Jeff Jarrett being WCW heavyweight champion with with all due respect to WCW is when WCW was in the toilet in like 2000. Like I would say from like 99 to 2000, they were in the damn toilet. I'm sorry. And I feel like they had literally no one else to put that title on. Really, everybody else was like like past their prime. And they put Jared in to fill that slot in. I think it had a lot to do with Russo, to be honest with you. I think he really liked Jared, but Jared was just a horrible champion. I'm sorry. I know he did things with Impact and made Impact what it was, but WCW days and WWF days, man, he was just absolutely horrendous. Um, this was and the other thing too. This was probably McMichael's best match I've seen him in. Like that power slam he landed on Malenka was absolutely brutal. That Tombstone pile driver was absolutely brutal as well. But I had to give credit to Malenko as well, man. Malenko really held his own in this match. And Benoit and McMichael was, were beating the hell out of Malenko in this match. But hats off to McMichael and Benoit for getting the win in this match. After that match, we can go to our next match on the card. It is Alex Wright versus Chris Jericho for Wright's Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, starting off the match, Jericho's taking the fight to Wright. Jericho then hits a spin kick on Alex Wright as well in the middle of the ring. Jericho hits a springboard drop kick. On right, sitting right over the ropes at the outside. Jericho then hits a springboard crossbody on right on the outside as well. Right then gets up, hits a suplex on Jericho on the outside. Brutal spot. Right then hits a spin kick on Jericho as well. Jericho hits a signature line salt on right in the middle of the ring. Jericho then hits two devastating power bombs on Alex Wright. It looked absolutely brutal. Right then somehow gets up, hits a superplex off the top rope on Jericho. Right then hits a roll up on Jericho, pins him for the three. And your winner of the match, and at that time still cruiserweight champion, it's Alex Wright in a 13-minute match. To be honest, I thought this match was awful. I thought this match was just complete just BS, man, to be honest with you. I, Alex Wright, number one, the gimmick was awful. The gimmick was absolutely horrendous. The whole disco thing that he was doing, like, straight out of, like, Saturday Night Fever, man, it just was brutal, absolutely brutal. And honestly, I don't think he was that good of a wrestler. I really don't. Like, people can say what they want, but I feel like William Regal, a.k.a. Steven Regal, whatever whatever anybody wants to call him, was a hell of a better wrestler than Alex Wright, hands down. Hands down. Bell to bell, I'm picking I'm picking Regal. No doubt. No doubt in my mind. Jericho, I feel like this was a time in Jericho's career where Jericho, like, he was still really good. And the, the one thing I will take away from this match that I thought was interesting was when Alex Wright, you know, did his entrance and his walkout to the ring, had the same entrance theme and all that stuff. Jericho's interest theme was actually his Y2J interest interest theme that he used for a majority of his career in WWE. So I thought that was pretty interesting, but I really thought Jericho was going to take this match. But hats off to Alex Wright for getting the win and at that time retaining his WCW Cruiserweight Championship. After that match, we go into the next match on the card. It is Ric Flair versus Six. Um, Starting off the match, Flair lands his signature chops on Six. Flair is controlling the match at this point, though. 
Six then hits a leg drop on Flair. Six then hits a signature Bronco Buster on Flair in the corner. Six then hits a leg drop off the top rope on Flair. Looked absolutely brutal. Flair and Six both exchange in the middle of the ring. Six then hits a step up in Zaguri on Flair. Six then goes for another Bronco Buster on Flair, but is met with a boot by Flair. Flair then hits a roll up on Six, pins him for the three, and your winner of the match is Rick Flair in an 11-minute match. Again, not bad match. Um, honestly, they could have gave somebody, you know, another opponent to Ric Flair besides X-Pac. And I hate saying this, too. I know a lot of people might disagree with me on this. But if it wasn't for NWO and if it wasn't for DX, X-Pac wouldn't be in professional wrestling, in my honest opinion. I'm sorry. But like, I understand, like, DX was a humongous stable. And, again, it wasn't like he was the flagship bearer for D-Generation X. There's no way in hell that no one's going to make me believe that. Obviously, that whole ship was getting, you know, sailed out by – and that train was rolling pretty much with Shawn Michaels and Triple H behind, the, you know, behind the wheel on that. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, I feel like China had more of an impact on DX than X-Pac did. I'm sorry. I feel like that guy was just an awful wrestler. I feel like the whole karate gimmick that he was doing just wasn't working. And I feel like if you go back in, like, the Rolodex of time, if you will, and, and tell me some of the best matches you've seen with X-Pac, there's probably maybe one or two, if that, in his entire career. Like, I remember the match he had as 1-2-3 kid who pretty much put him over the top in his career when he had that match with Razor Ramon and he beat Razor. Um, that really put him up in the top echelon of, you know, wrestlers. And then when he joined uh, DX, and I think he was even a part of the Click at a little bit at some point. Um, and the Click was great. The Click was just awesome. Like, you know, having Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, Kevin Nash, you know, the Click, to me, made it more as if, like, they were the – that was, like, the – the root of the tree of what would later be on like NWO and DX, you know, this is stuff that they were doing because a lot of that stuff with, you know, the click, you couldn't really do back then in the day. And, you know, there's always either a good guy or a bad guy. And some of these guys were good. Some of these guys were bad and they were all being friends. So, you know, it was just a crazy time in history for pro wrestling at that time. But as far as this match is concerned, I feel like they should have gave somebody else to Ric Flair besides six. That guy's just an awful wrestler, man. And I'm sorry if you're an X-Pac fan. I don't know who is out there that is an X-Pac fan. God bless you. Uh, I just feel like that guy just wasn't kind of like, it, it kind of reminds me of Jeff Jarrett, man. It wasn't like he was really going to give you a great match. It was kind of the same moves over and over and over again. And I hate saying this too. It's kind of like John Cena. I know a lot of people out there like John Cena, but you know, a lot of people hate him for the, you know, the five moves of doom, you know, it's kind of the same mindset that he does. Hell, there's even people out there that hate Roman Reigns. You know what I mean? Just for how he is and how the character was and how the character was going until we turn heel. You know, but anyway, besides that, I don't want to go into a whole tangent about that, but I will say hats off to Flair for getting the win in this match and what I thought was eh, an okay match. Um, after that match, we go to our next match on the card, ladies and gentlemen. It is Kurt Henning versus Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, starting off the match, DDP lands devastating strikes on Henning in the middle of the ring. Henning then hits a lariat of his own on Diamond Dallas Page. Henning then hits a net breaker on DDP as well. Henning is working on the legs of DDP. DDP then gets up, hits a lariat of his own on Henning. Henning then rips off the turnbuckle pad. Henning then hits a fisherman suplex on DDP, pins him for the two. DDP is busted wide open uh, after uh, Henning threw uh, DDP into the exposed turnbuckle. Flair is here. DDP hits a diamond cutter on Flair. Henning then hits another fisherman suplex on Diamond Dallas Page. Pins him for the three, and your winner of the match is Kurt Henning in almost a 10-minute match. Again, this was not a bad match. I don't know. Obviously, this was setting up Kurt Henning, you know, being somewhat of a part, if you will, of the Four Horsemen. I know Arn Anderson at that time, I think, 
was really trying to recruit Kurt Hang to come over to the Four Horsemen because there was a whole angle about Arn Anderson, you know, having somebody take his spot. And I think Arn wanted Kurt Hang to, you know, take his spot when he was, you know, kind of out of the loop with the Horsemen. Um, again, this wasn't a bad match. Obviously, Diamond Dallas Page back then was a humongous baby face. The crowd loved him. Um, and I was a big DDP fan myself, and I thought Diamond Dallas Page was great for WCW and the fact that, you know, he kind of started his in-ring career at 35 and just, you know, beating the hell out of people until the end of his career was just absolutely insane. So hats off to uh, Kurt Henning for getting the win in this match. Um, after that match, we go to our next match on the card. It is the Giant versus Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, starting off the match, Randy quickly attacks the Giant, but Giant lands a chop on Randy. Giant then throws Randy across the ring. Giant then hits a press slam on Randy. On the outside, throws Randy into the ring. Randy then goes after the knee of Giant. Randy's working on the leg of Giant as well. Randy then hits a crossbody off the top rope on Giant. Uh, Savage then goes for a top rope maneuver, but is met with a choke slam from the Giant. Giant pins it for the three, and your winner of the match is the Giant in a six-minute match. Again, a lot of the Giant matches, from what I remember, were relatively quick. Um, and he, he had some really good matches in uh, WCW. But uh, Randy, I feel like, and I, again, I'm a humongous Macho Man Randy Savage fan. I thought he was one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. But um, I feel like in NWO, man, it kind of didn't really mix with him too well. I know some people might not believe that, but I feel like if he was just kind of on his own <laughs> and did his own thing, I still think it would have worked out for him in his career. I don't think NWO fully really elevated, you know, Savage's career that most people believe because he had so many – like, I remember he had a match – it was at Halloween Havoc. It might have been against Hogan. Um, and this, I think this was before he joined the NWO, but like him having the sponsorship and stuff like that and the whole Slim Jim thing, it was just so cool, man. I feel like Randy really didn't need the NWO. I feel like the NWO needed Randy um, to make them more of a stronger team than what they were. I kind of wish – there was even rumors back in the day that Hogan wasn't supposed to be the leader of NWO. It was supposed to be Randy Savage. Um, and a lot of people were, you know, like Scott Hall and Kevin Nash wanted – Randy to be the leader of the NWO, which again, I wouldn't be against that either, but I feel like I just, I feel like he could have just done better without the whole NWO stigma that was surrounding him, you know, and pretty much ending his whole in-ring career pretty much with the NWO. Uh, I just feel like he probably would have been better on his own, but uh, hats off to the giant for getting the win in this match. Um, after that match, we can go to our next match on the card. It is the outsiders versus the Steiners for the WCW tag team championships. Uh, starting off the match, Hall throws the toothpick at uh, Scott like he usually does with all his opponents, but Scott slaps him. Scott then hits an underhook powerbomb on Hall. Rick then hits a German suplex on Nash. Nash then gets up, hits a devastating big boot on Scott. Hall then hits a choke slam on Scott as well. Hall then hits a fallaway slam on Scott. Nash then hits a sidewalk slam on Scott. Nash then hits an elbow drop on Scott as well. Scott Steiner was definitely getting his bell rung in this match for sure. Uh, Hall then lands a uh, bulldog off the top rope on Scott. Scott then gets up, hits an overhead belly-to-belly -belly on Hall. Rick then lands a, lands a bulldog off the top rope on Hall. Nash then pulls the ref out of the ring, which causes a disqualification. And your winners of the match by disqualifications were the Steiners, but unfortunately, because of disqualification, the Outsiders were, ended up retaining the, the, uh, the tag team championships because of the DQ in a 15-minute match. Again, big fan of the Steiners. Um, I kind of knew watching this match that they weren't going to win. Um, just because the outsiders were always going to pull some kind of antics to make sure that they won the match or at least got DQ'd so they didn't lose the belts. Um, it was not, and honestly, it wasn't a bad match. It really wasn't. 
So hats off to the, uh, the Steiners for getting the win, but unfortunately it wasn't a clean finish. Um, after that match, we go to our main event of the card. It is Hulk Hogan versus Lex Luger for the WCW Heavyweight Championship. Uh, starting off the match, Hogan is pretty much controlling the matchup. Luger, the, Luger does land some arm drags on Hogan. Hogan hits an elbow drop on Luger. Crown is completely going crazy for Luger. Hogan then hits an atomic drop on Luger as well. Hogan hits a back suplex on Luger. NWO was here. Fake Sting is here. The fake NWO Sting. Uh, Sting ends up, the fake Sting, I should say, hits Luger with the bat. Referee doesn't see it. Hogan then goes for the pin. Pins Luger for the three. And your winner of the match, and at that time, still WCW heavyweight champion, is Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Um, again, wasn't a bad match. Not a really big fan of Luger. But I will say this about Luger, that some people either will know or not know. Luger, I think the thing, the stigma with Luger is, is I remember when Hogan had went over to WCW. And Luger was still in the mix with WWE. Um, and I know some people may remember this, may not remember this. When they had, when Hogan had left, Luger had that whole Lex Express thing where he was going across the country doing different events. I remember him, like, uh, body slamming Yokozuna on the uh, the big uh, aircraft carrier and stuff like that. Um, and they put a lot of faith behind Luger. I just feel like Luger was not that guy to put that that stigma behind him. I don't think he was ready. I really don't. Because you had other guys like Brett. Brett, <laughs> Brett Hart, like, to me, was the guy. Brett Hart was the guy. And this was before, like, Steve Austin, the whole thing happened between him and Brett and the whole Shawn Michaels thing. Brett was the guy. Brett was the flagship guy for WWF at that time. And I know I know damn well Vince put a lot of faith into Brett to kind of carry the ship. You know, you obviously you had Taker, and Taker's, you know, in a, his own little column by himself. But besides Taker, you know, you had Brett. And, and Brett kind of was, you know, it should have been in that position where Luger was. And Luger, should, to me, honestly, Luger shouldn't have been in that position. I'm not taking anything away from the guy's ability. And his athletic, you know, what he can do in that square circle. Luger's not that bad of a wrestler. He's way better than Jeff Cherry. I'm sorry. Um, and Luger had a, you know, humongous push in WCW. Like, back in the early days of WCW, like with NWA and Jim Crockett, like back in the late 80s, early 90s, Luger was a top guy for WCW. I know a lot of, he had a lot of matches with Ric Flair that were just, you know, four-star matches, in my honest opinion. I thought they were absolutely fantastic. And Jim Crockett and everybody that, that was running, you know, the show then back in the day really put a lot of faith into Lex Luger. I mean, hell, Dusty Rhodes really loved Luger, man. Luger, everybody had a thing about Luger back in the 90s, man. They thought he was the next guy coming up and that he was going to be a champion. He was going to dethrone Ric Flair and be like the next, you know, I don't know, 15, 16-time world champion. Obviously, it never went down that way, but, you know, Luger was a good wrestler. I, re I remember when Luger had debuted for WCW. And if you guys, some of you guys who watch this podcast, you guys probably know. You know, I remember when they had their first Nitro show. It was at Mall of America in Minnesota. Um, and I think it was during a Sting match. I think it might, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Sting was having a match against Flair. And the camera pans over to the ramp. And you see Luger standing there. And it threw everybody into a, a tailspin of like, you know, what the hell is going on? Why is Luger here? Because... Luger was on a WWF event one night, and the next night he was on Nitro. You know, and it was in absolutely insane. And the reason why I bring that up now is because you have, like, that same kind of stigma right now between the main roster and WWE and NXT and what AEW's doing right now. You know, and it's absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. It's kind of like the same thing. You know, AEW being on TNT, Nitro was on TNT. 
It's crazy stuff, man. I mean, hell, even Eric Bischoff has been on AEW television. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. But I will say hats off to Hogan for getting the win here in this match. I didn't think the event was that bad, to be 100% honest. I thought that, you know, you know, it could have been tweaked a little bit. I feel like some of the match, the, like the lineup and the match card could have been changed a little bit. The Ric Flair six match, honestly, could have done it. I could have done without it. Uh, the Conan Mysterio match wasn't that bad. It was okay. The Alex Wright and Chris Jericho, to me, was probably one of the worst matches on this card, to be 100% honest. You're not going to get a great match out of Alex Wright. I'm sorry. Um, I feel like that match I could have done without, even though it was for the Cruiserweight Championship. I thought it was just horrendous. But, um... But like I do with all every single one of these reviews, I always give these shows a rating. I'm going to give this one a four, man. I just feel like it wasn't all that. Um, there was a lot of stuff they could have fixed with this. And a lot of the matches, I felt like, in a way, they just weren't clean finishes, man. Like, that main event between Hogan and Luger, kind of wish it was just a clean finish, and it wasn't. Um, but all in all, I have to give it a four. But that is my review for WCW's Road Wild 1997. I hope you guys are out there staying safe. Be careful. And remember, stay classic. Peace.